Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by cinematographer Peter Buntain. I had him on the show today to talk about his work on the film Alone at Night, which is currently available on VOD. I hope you enjoy the show. So thank you so much for <laughs> your patience with the te- technical difficulties today. And uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So the first thing that I noticed about the film, um, kind of right out of the gate from a cinematographer's point of view, is you actually get to play with a lot of different styles in this film. Was that something that attracted you to this piece? Um, that's something that uh, I um, I guess that's something I brought to the piece. I'm not sure how much of that is in the script or how much they had thought it through, but... <laughs> When I read the script, I mean, so the styles that are in the script is like there's the reality show, and then I guess there's the sort of direct to camera stuff when she's doing her right. OnlyFans, uh, you know, camming thing, and then um, and then just sort of the rest of it. But I, I guess when I read the script, one of the first things that I said to the director is that you know this thing's not that like serious. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit, I mean, it's fun. It's very funny. And it's, you know, I'm I'm hoping you guys intended some of this to be a little tongue in cheek. Right. (laughs) So that's the first thing that I got from it, that it's not taking itself seriously. That's what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if, if this is the, as long as we're aligned on this, you know, (laughs) I just, one of the first things I told them was like, you know, for instance, what I think we should do, I think this is before they hired me for it too. I was like, you know, she goes outside at night a lot. And I was like, I think it should just, when she goes outside, like, I don't really think it should be dark, even a little bit. I just think it should be like bright blue. You know, I just think it should be like a real, like a movie looking, you know? And then, um, and then we developed some other looks for this, the horror, uh, I mean, sorry for the reality show stuff. And so it did give me a lot of chance to play with different styles, which was very exciting to me about the project. But I, I do think I sort of, you know, forced their hand into that. I think it was the right move to go with it too, because it doesn't take itself that seriously. So it's like, let's have fun with the different tropes, like blue lighting and, you know, just different stuff like that. Well, I'm glad you touched on the blue lighting part of that, because it's, even within the horror thriller side of the film, um, it, it feels like it veers off into different sides of that, where you get into a almost lifetime movie of the week element in the look of it. And it feels very <laughs> self-aware in that sense. Oh, I well, thank you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> lifetime hiring. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I was like, I, you know, we were like, he's throwing around different references. I was like, let's throw out, let's throw around references. Like, uh, like Ninja Turtles or something <laughs> like what is, how can we make this thing look really just wild you know just really try and make it try and put a lot of look into it like there's just a lot of like trend and we were shooting this thing to be direct to streamer I think was the idea because mm-hmm. we were shooting it during the height of pandemic so the theaters were closed anyways I think we thought this thing would get released a little sooner than it did but um right I mean it, it did go right to VOD I guess it is in a couple theaters right now too but um you know, there's a thing with all this, like a lot of streaming content. I don't want to say all of it, but just a lot of it, where it's just kind of, I don't know, kind of flatter or muted colors or like a sort of, um, you know, just kind of like a naturalism. And I kind of wanted to push against that. And I was thinking, okay, we're going right to streamer. Like, what if we like 
let's channel the direct to video aesthetic of like the 90s and 80s and yeah. like, let's like work in that realm as opposed to working in the what does a, a netflix thing supposed to look like realm you know oh of course because i mean i think really there's a lot of this that's uh more akin to a red shoes diaries than something you would see on netflix these days in a lot of ways where it is that does have that direct to cable feel of the 90s and these kind of thrillers but it's it, it has a little bit of social commentary in it, but not too much. It has a little bit of horror in it, but not too much. A little bit of this. It's just kind of throwing these things out there. And it's a, this is the kind of perfect rental movie, something that you can just throw on and enjoy. That it's not asking a lot of you in that way that you can just sit back and let this movie wash over you. Yeah. I mean, thanks for saying that. That's sort of the, that's how I feel about it too. And and, and we'll see. I, I hope it gets a chance. Uh, you know, they have plans to expand it beyond VOD to like hit a regular stream streamer at some point. So mm-hmm. I hope it has a chance to sort of find its audience in that way because I do think it's like it's not gonna um, you know, it's not it's not gonna get like a New York Times critics pick or something. But I think like fans of the of uh like the genre and just genre cinema in general, I think um it just kind of, uh, and especially anyone, I mean, we'll see. It's funny because it is like, it's very contemporary and with like the only fan stuff. And there's like even the, some of the music yeah. in it and casting, it's like a lot And Ashley Benson. It's a lot for like people who might be a little bit younger than me, you know, but the, um, I, it, also it was, the look I, of it is like very cable and it's channeling stuff from my youth kind of, and Pamela Anderson's yeah. there too. So I, I don't know. <laughs> You, you know, that that's really interesting you bring that up because that was something that I hadn't thought of because I was the personal connections to my youth that I was obviously drilling down on. But it was like some of the casting here that it's stuff that my 12-year-old listens to. Um, I've seen that name come up on Spotify when he's in the car. That's something I don't listen to. I don't know anything about that world, but my son gets that. And so this is something that I think that two people from wildly different generations could approach this and get really different things out of it, I think. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I think the casting choices were interesting in that way. And, and a lot of it's very contemporary and it's geared towards a younger audience for sure. And there was a lot of moments, you know, just in the vein of not being too serious. There's a lot of moments where we would just kind of make a decision like, you know, like her Wi-Fi gets cut out. And it's just like, oh, OK, like, how do we do this? The director's like, you know, just like, let's just think of it like a cartoon. It's like, just give me two wires that are not connected. (laughs) It's like, okay, like, we're just like, let's not get hung up on this stuff. It's supposed to be fun. Like, let's get to the next, like, (laughs) we don't want anyone thinking too hard, you know? So let's not think too hard. Let's just think about what's fun. Like what's cool, but like the casting too. I mean, I think it's engaging it because it's, there's stuff from my youth in terms of the aesthetic of it. And also like, I don't know, I grew up watching Pamela Anderson and Paris Hilton a little bit. You know, she was on, got famous a little bit when I was kind of too old to care about that stuff. But like, it's just, I don't know that the kind of Pamela Anderson niche is kind of not so different from like, I don't know what Ashley Benson occupies also, or the uh, just kind of this like uh, pop entertainment, like vibe, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think they all, all of their multi-generations, probably I guess almost three generations of that sort of cotton candy celebrity where it's these it's fun, empty calories. Don't like you're saying the two wires <laughs> yeah. too hard on this, that it is that. And it tells you right away, if you're watching this movie and you see the trap house scene that's early in here, that's, you know, almost right out of the gate and, and you're 
wondering why this film isn't making you jump out of your seat immediately, you know, with the scares, then I think you're watching the wrong movie in your mind. It tells you what it is right away. It's not shy. We tried to give people you know. permission to laugh, you know, by just the first <laughs> shot is Paris coming out of her, you know, room with a yeah. little, her little uh, teacup uh, chihuahua, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, what's interesting doing a movie about that is that we are like, just like, you're just aiming for something that's like kind of like popcorn and kind of like fun. And so it's like, I guess we really have to, uh, you know, to judge the success of it is it's hard to judge until we, uh, you know, connect with more audiences, you know, where, whereas you were, if we were aiming for, I don't know if it was a more serious film or more like artistic film, it's like, I don't know if you got some institutional buy-in from a film festival or something like a museum or something, you might say, oh, I'm, or a critic, right? You're like, I'm on the right track, but this one really for the audiences and, um, and we just, I really uh, can't wait till it gets more out there, you know? And so that's why I appreciate uh, you having me on to chat about it a little bit too. Well, I think this is the kind of movie that people will share with each other. That it is, it's, it's one of those things that you would recommend to a friend of yours. You know, it is on a streamer or it's on VOD, something along those lines. And it's, have you seen this thing? It's, you know, is it a perfect movie? No, not by any means, but it's not trying to be that. This is a movie that is to me critic proof because it's not made for that audience. It's not made for, you know, you look at something like while wholly different in its execution, something like Terrifier 2 was not something that was made for critics. It was made for a right. specific audience and that's how yeah. it was able to connect. Yeah, I just finally caught that two weeks ago. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was totally thinking that I was like, wow, I can I can really see how I read some mixed reviews of this thing. And it was awesome. Though. <laughs> like, and I can see why audiences liked it so much, you know? Well, it's just, I respect anything that's a bold swing. And it's just yeah. not, even if it doesn't completely connect, you were definitely aiming for the, you know, the fences with it. And that, and that's one of those movies that just, that's what it's doing. It, and by the time you get to the ending of that, that it's, it's like a two and a half hour movie that has I just, know. <laughs> it, it, it just, it's so, it, it like dares you to like it. <laughs> yeah. it it's like, it's like, yeah, okay. We're going to go ahead and put every offensive thing that we possibly put in here and we'll see. Go ahead, like this. Fuck you. I dare you. And yeah. connected. And I, I think you're playing in a same, similar sandbox here where you're saying something that it's not afraid to be what it is. I don't detect it's strange because I think most films that kind of play in this area, you can feel cynicism in them that it's we're taking these quadrants, we're, you know, checking these boxes and therefore we'll get a release and we'll be able to make money off it. I don't feel that here. This does feel like there's a lot of fun being had both on and off screen. Yeah, well, it, it is. It, it there. It was fun. It, I mean, it was also really challenging shooting during COVID, but it course, was fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was about as fun as you know standing around in the snow all night can be. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, it is interesting what you said. There is because just in any, there is like with the casting and with like just the way to cobble together the finances for these things. That I mean there definitely is a, a certain amount of uh, checking the boxes to make the financiers yeah. uh, happy. But I, I do think with this project, um, at least me personally, and I, I don't know the directors on the same page as me too. And I, you know, it's just, 
let's just really lean into this. Like, let's not um, see that as a negative. Let's see this as a positive that the cast is very eclectic and strange. I mean, that should be the charm of it. And so then let's cram in a lot of different looks and let's have everyone have their own little, you know, these little sequences be kind of self-contained little things and kind of string them all together. More, you know, make them all part of a whole, but um, just really lean into it and make it a strength. And I, I think it is a strength of the movie. Well, I think that you've, uh, the way that I can feel that in a movie, kind of the opposite of that, where you feel that cynicism and the checking of the boxes, which is happening here, but it doesn't, you don't feel that on screen is you feel like it, there's a named actor or something in there and they use every piece of footage that they had of that actor to try to draw that out as much as possible. When the yeah. story is saying, this is really just a glorified cameo but it's somehow seven minutes of time because they filmed with that actor for seven minutes and they used every bit of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like you're doing that here. If that makes sense. No, no. Uh, you know, there's actually some, there's a, a couple scenes that are on the cutting room floor, which are really, you know, it's really a shame for me that have some of our bigger names in them, <laughs> but you know, it's just proof <laughs> that we didn't do that. What you're referring to, though, is I heard a term being thrown around as a geezer teaser, which is such an oh, awful term, but it's so true. Oh, Get some old A-lister in. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, it's and I don't obviously you don't want to name names in those types of situations, but the ones that I would probably name, I'm sure that they would be the type of people that would own up to it immediately. That they yeah, would say they know so. what the gig is. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then when you're doing something like this and you're playing with all these different genres playing with all these different styles what is the can the through line for you that you're trying to find something that's consistent so it doesn't necessarily feel like it's all these little interstitials that it's like a a series of you know um unrelated sketches instead of a whole piece yeah yeah well so we keep it um I guess the the biggest challenge to that was just balancing like the comedy with like the scares. And I think it plays more comedic than scary, but it's it's not it's not just like the fake reality show stuff is comedic and then you get back to the other side of the movie and it's scary. You know, it's like the whole thing's kind of yeah. light and comedic. So that's pretty tough to balance those tones and I think we we're pretty successful although I don't really think it gets to i think the only really scary stuff is probably towards the end um is the only time it really gets kind of violent and scary you know um the the balancing the kind of uniting the look was just there was a couple approaches we made it was sort of just to have this like blue swath of moonlight go throughout and then to always have this uh this lighting cue of pink represent um her only fans uh camming site and that which today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by bookman's i'm joined today by my son jacob jacob say hello to old people oh there you go you're already on it so jacob when you go to bookman's what is it that you like to look at what do you like to get to get toys You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front. That's great. So last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, What movie did I get, Jacob? Escape from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the... uh, 
ex uh, as the cover. Sorry, sorry. I want so no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So based on this cover, you see grass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart because. In this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter, and New York turns into a prison in this movie. And there's the hero, as you can see, very strong, in fact. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Now, you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old, but do you think in a couple years from now, when you get a little bit older, you'll want to check out Escape from New York? Yeah. Okay, what's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at Bookman's that you like? Come here, talk so that people can hear you. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors, that's a great movie. So, when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Uh, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. It's called 18 and over in the film, and uh, it goes mm-hmm. to represent the villain because that's he comes from that world. So, um, yeah, that's blue, and then you have this sort of pink creeping in. Um, the, the reality show bits, the trap stars bits, were just they're kind of separate and standalone, they have a whole different look. And I, I almost yeah. like to think of them as like Robocop or like a Verhoeven movie, like it's okay. <laughs> can just live where they are and they can be totally different and i already read some people are like what the hell is with all these reality show bits and i'm like they're just they're basically just world building right i mean but they're they're just fun i mean that's what they're there for they're not for anything more than that um could you imagine somebody watching robocop and not getting the uh, <laughs> yeah. just not having fun with the ads in the middle of that, the Nukem and right. those kinds of things. Come I'll on. buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, then, um, and so we had this, uh, and then there was sort of a um, we had I had sort of like a general, another general idea to it, which I think it's I don't think you really notice it if you watch the movie, but if you fast if you flipped between the beginning and end of the movie, you'll notice is that. I kind of change our color blue uh, of the moonlight and we just start putting more and more pink into it so that in the end, the blue is, it's very purple-ish at the end, hmm. which kind of is very fun. It's a little weird and kind of funhouse-y, but at the end, we just sort of are, are really just going even more crazy with the colors. So we go from that's sort actually- of a lifetime movie to like something that's just really too bizarre for that, actually. But I think we <laughs> earn it slowly, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, now that you say that, it's I can actually picture that because um, thinking of the opening sequence where you have the apartment and you have the red light outside that's coming from like the exit sign that's in the hallway of this apartment complex. And it's those two distinct worlds of the blue moonlight inside the apartment, which are very stark red, very stark blue to the end where it does get into that more purple where these two worlds, I guess, have come together. And that's why all, you know, the, the shit has tr- hit the fan, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, without, yeah. Over intellectualizing it. Right. Cause it's kind of silly. <laughs> Let's not be, but, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate to talk pontificate about it. Right. But that, that is like, you do even as silly as it is, like when you're shooting these things, you do need to come up with some shorthands for yourself to make sure it all makes sense. And, and it was a little, 
you know, I had like, we had like, I think uh, eight different stages of like the color blue for the, it's, you know, it sounds like way too much effort to put in something like this, but it's, it was, you know, it just kind of, cause you shoot it all out of order. So you're like, okay, we're at yeah. like eight. I mean, it's just, it's just mixing gels on the light. So it's not, not a big deal, but it's, um, it, it was kind of fun to do that. And I think it sort of, you know, pays off in the end. And I mean, the end's very silly with kind of like the faux pink electricity and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we got like a lot of, uh, it's just kind of how do we earn a really wacky end when we when we start off, you know, pretty out there as far as look. So we just kind of make a trajectory to push it further and further to, to and I like to give films some shape to them. Otherwise, I'm just kind of lost shooting something scene to scene. It's kind of hard to know what you're doing. Um, well, I think you're always shooting out of order. So well, we we pick up on that on a whether it's a conscious level or not when it, it when you feel it building towards something where the look is evolving as it goes along even in something as silly as this it's not something that pulls you out of it but if it's you know the look feels like it's kind of all over the map you can't pinpoint it necessarily or intellectualize it but it feels cheaper to some degree where you just feel like it's this is the light they had at that moment this is what they did it's like if the sound is off in from scene to scene it just feels like it's not balanced in that way that it, it we notice it. So if you're not noticing it, that's probably a sign that you were doing the right thing. Yeah, I think so. And it's always, you know, it's the challenge of, uh, you know, are you shooting everything out of order and it's, you know, yeah. and we're on the small budgets and we're, you know, working during COVID. So there's a lot of different factors. Uh, but um, I think that was there, you know, you do need to come in with a couple ideas of how to create a general shape to it, you know, otherwise you're just holding the camera on. It's not very fun. <laughs> of course. So then what's going to be next for you? What's uh what's coming down the pike after this? Oh, I've been, um, let's see. I've been working on a few things he- here and there. Um, uh, I, I do have some things that are kind of interesting, uh, developing, but I, I just don't, it's not, not ready to talk about them yet. Cause it's like sort of a jinx. Uh, but I, I will say I did, um, I did finish this, uh, this short film. That's like a, uh, it's a treatment for a feature and it's like a, a creature creature short, I suppose a treatment mm-hmm. for a creature feature. <laughs> Very excited about that. You know, <laughs> old, old school, like, uh, you know, prosthetics and like animatronics nice. and, like, act- actors and suits and stuff like none of the CGI stuff. So, Pretty excited about that. Uh, pretty excited to keep mining this uh, kind of horror vein of this kind of almost this kind of, you know, this is a little bit less of it. We're taking it more seriously. It's less of a B-movie look to it. But uh, I don't know. I'm getting into mining this horror vein. Um, I spent so much of my career uh, making documentaries, actually, that um, now these days I'm just trying to, like, do something completely the opposite and just make stuff that's, like, fun and, you know less serious and just really uh horror is a great genre because it's you can be so expressive with it you know and you can be so stupid or you can be so smart (laughs) you know you can do whatever you it's just great in that way uh it's a genre that encompasses you know like like your terrifier 2 or like you know skinnamarink you know in the same year and they can both be hits you know and it's, it's really crazy the the range that's available in the horror genre and it's that's been really exciting to me you know oh absolutely i mean the i'm personally a a genre fan and you can have the most highbrow intellectual thoughtful pieces of art that would fall under the horror genre but you can also have something that is the most base 
um, only is concerned with making you jump or getting a reaction and that's it. It's a carnival ride. And so, and everything in between. And that's really yeah. what I love. And the B the movie, genre. the parody, like the, uh, yeah. you know, I, I remember just, I was reading this, uh, I was reading, uh, in easy rider, raging bulls, like the, sure. there's a segment about, um, when they're making the original scream and it, it seems like Miramax, what they had signed up for was, uh, was basically scary movie. Like that's what they thought yep. they were going to get before they got Craven involved. And then and they, the Craven made something that's like genuinely horrifying and one of the, you know, <laughs> great slashers. And then, and then the Miramax later went on to make scary movie. <laughs> and it's like, these movies are kind of almost like they're from a similar script, you know, which is what's so funny about them. <laughs> Just this kind of self-reverential horror movie, you know? Oh, absolutely. And th- I mean, that's one of those, uh, rare examples of something that manages to thread that needle so beautifully where it can be both horrifying and equally funny. Most of the times you have to choose one lane or the other. You can have a horror movie that has a few laughs and it's still effective, but you wouldn't call it a comedy or you can have a comedy that has a few, you know, scares in it, which is, I think where you fall into this, where you really have a comedy that has some intensity and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to lean more into the horror thing. So that's why I think we're doing a little bit more of it in this next project I'm working on. But uh, just speaking of Scream, I was reminded of something uh, in the, in the last Scream that came out, the new one. I mean, not the forthcoming Mm -hmm. one, but I mean, it was, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, one thing I loved is in the opening scene where, you know, he's talking about, oh, do you like scary movies? And she goes, yeah, I like elevated horror, you know, and, she's talking about, and he goes, that's a little bit like fancy, don't you think? He's like, what about just stabbing someone? I thought that was so funny. I was cracking up. Oh, God. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's literally that conversation that I, you know, was having for years. And it was pretty much in the wake of Baba Duke for about a five year yeah. period. That's all that yeah. pe- people were saying about it. And it's just, it's kind of like, uh, I heard it with De Palma where I can't remember the term they came up with where De Palma made trashy movies. That's all, that's all there is to it. They were fun, yeah. but it was what they were calling it voyeuristic autorism or something like that. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. just fuck you, man. It's, it's just like, trashy. All right, it's, it's just a fun movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a fun movie executed really, really well. So you need to come up yeah. with a name to justify the fact that you liked something that's on the other side of the tracks and it's okay. Come on over. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some stuff over there that, that you'll like. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I get it. You have an MFA and then you realize you like a total trashy movie. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> MFA. Wow. I haven't seen that one in, in oh, are you talking about the movie MFA? No, no. Oh, I, I, I remember that movie. That, that movie's not a, totally out, out of the league. No, I was talking about just someone with like a fine arts degree uh, trying to <laughs> justify it. liking some, you know, <laughs> A De Palma film, you know, <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, De Palma has been reclaimed kind of recently, which is nice. Like people are liking De Palma more. And I, I like, I mean, really like that Alex Ross Perry documentary about him, I think has helped too. Amazing. Yeah. So good, man. It was yeah, fantastic. So good, yeah. That's the one of, that was probably the first director that made me look at who the cinematographer was, made me look at editing, made me really pay attention to the technical side of filmmaking. And it was just, you can watch something like, I don't know, you could watch Carrie or The Untouchables and kind of between those two films, get a first 80 years of film history between those two movies all encompassed. Oh, right yeah. There. Oh, yeah. So I mean, uh, De Palma's the best. Uh, there's agreed. one split diopter, or there's two split diopter shots in uh, in um, Alone at Night. <laughs> which I had to had to put in for De Palma. Well, <laughs> They're not used. Well, that, that, 
I had to force That's it. That's the in. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get it. It's kind of like it's the split diopter, the the Altman in me. It's it, a Zoom. Those kinds of things that I still that I love that call attention to themselves. That just they were the movies that I was watching when I was 15 years old and first discovering the video store and getting to the back shelves and finding those things that really, I think, imprinted themselves on me. So, you know, when I see something like uh, a rules of attraction and I see the split diopter and that, and I go, okay, we probably could have a conversation about a similar film language that we're both pulling from. Yeah. So I always yeah, appreciate exactly. that stuff. For sure. But thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, man. I really oh, my pleasure. It. Thank and you. It was, it was fun. fun yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoyed talking to you, and I'm uh, looking forward. Thanks for to... watching the film and saying uh, what you did about it. it. Seems like you really, um, it's yeah, you really got what we were going for. I appreciate that. Well, I, it's it's one of those things where I don't think that if you're <laughs> don't think more than the people who made it thought about it, and you'll be fine. Um, if you're really, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're applying a, the critical lens to this, it you're, you're probably, it's a fool's errand at that point, because it's like, why, you know, it's, it, I, I guess you can see that with pop music being reclaimed. And when now people are looking back at the early aughts, they're more interested in pop music than they are in like the indie rock that I loved when I was growing up and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, isn't that fine, strange? Yeah. It's so fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, so weird. it's fine, but it's, it's strange, you know, <laughs> like, uh... it, it's just, you know, you go back and you look at those things and it's like Mary J. Blige was the record of that year. It, it wasn't the, uh, you know, whatever pitchfork <laughs> had at number one that year. And it's maybe I agreed or disagreed, but it's okay. I, that's fine. I guess, I guess that's where we're, we're at now. And that, I, I'm all for it. That's, that's totally fine. I, I was out of touch then I'm out of touch now. So <laughs> right. <it all> makes <laughs> sense. Well, there's a continuity there, isn't there? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Peter. It was really nice all to meet right. you, man. Yeah. Take well, care. Real pleasure. Have a nice day. Uh, bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
always crack.